Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today's episode is actually part B of a two-part episode on year-end classroom management strategies. Some of you might be thinking, "Mm, why do I need classroom management strategies? If you are listening to this in real time, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and schools across the country, nay, around the world, are closed for business and we are doing all of our business for education online. A lot of these strategies can still be implemented in your class, quote unquote, room. It's just going to take a little bit of translation. So, you know, kind of put that filter as you listen. And if you missed part A last week's episode, hop on over and listen to that one first because you'll hear a lot of the context that we're speaking about before you dive into today's episode. And really quick before we jump in here, Amanda has a little something special that we wanted to share with you guys. You guys, we are so grateful that you have been along for this crazy ride with us. We never thought in a million years we were ever going to live out the dream of hosting our own podcast. And here we are. It's almost June and we have been doing this now for almost two months. And we just wanted to thank you guys as our listeners and Uh, let you know that we appreciate your reviews so much. I want to read one really sweet one to you guys. And um, if you guys have any other reviews to share with us, we'd love to hear them. You can review us on Apple, on iTunes, and let us know how we're doing. This one comes from Mom of Cam 32 and she writes, Amanda and Marie have created a podcast that is authentic, real, and full of passion for students and teachers both. They have a way of making you feel like they are in the trenches with you empathetic about what this job entails while also challenging you in a good way. 
and making you think loving this podcast well thank you mom of camp 32 that's so sweet of you and we are totally in the trenches with you and uh, i think this is a little bit of just therapy for marie and i uh as well so we appreciate that and we promise to keep bringing you guys the most authentic uh, unfiltered feelings about this crazy job that we're doing. So thank you guys for listening. You guys can always leave us a review. Um, we also are in the process of looking to add more listener stories to our podcast. You guys can always fill out a form for us and let us know that you're interested. We are on bravenewteaching.com. If you head over to the website, you'll see in our navigation a place where it says to join us and be part of the podcast. We would love to have your story. You can record it and send it on over to us. And we're going to start adding those to the podcast very soon. So again, bravenewteaching.com to share your stories and Apple iTunes podcasts for your review. I'm so excited to get into the second part of the episode, Marie. Absolutely. Me too. And after hearing that review, I'm just going to go cry into my cup of coffee. Let's get started and jump right into the episode. Here we go. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. guys, we're looking at end of year classroom management. So step one is get organized. And we just ran through a ton of ideas to help you do that, whether it's in your planning or if it's in your actual classroom, like take steps to get organized. Um, but then Marie, what you were just talking about is kind of in, in what we think number two is all about is class culture. What would you say your best classroom management, classroom culture tips are for the end of the year? So and, and mind you, I'm a very, I'm very big on building classroom community, community and being extremely intentional about it from day one. Most of the things that we do in my classroom are going to be collaborative in some fashion, um, like 80%, I would say. So classroom community and building a certain culture and a certain feeling of belonging in my classroom are like cornerstones to what I've been doing. And so by the end of the year, we have a certain rapport. We have certain classroom community norms that like every single day is we are expected to be productive and like productive looks like productivity looks like something different maybe from day to day but these are the expectations we have and the list kind of goes on and on so at the end of the year I capitalize on that I'm like let's take all of the work I've put in and all of the growing that these individual groups have been doing each class and even at their smaller table groups. And let's see where we can, like I was, you know, the word I was looking for accountability, like let's see where we can use that to our advantage, this feeling of belonging and this like moment that's going to end. That's the other thing too, is I like, I really like to use the sense that like, Hey guys, this is the last week. We're all going to be together. Let's make it count and see if we can help each other learn. It sounds so corny, but it's like, oh, man, that's like teenager, like gold right there. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The ma- vast majority of even some of our worst attituded, if you will, students are like, oh, wow, this is the last time I'm going to be in this class with you guys. Okay, yeah, let's work.
You know, it's like the weirdest. <laughs> and like, you know, we've been practicing these routines and there's just something about like bringing in the nostalgia of like the course is almost over and really harping on that culture that we've been building that brings it all together. And it sounds and it feels so lame sometimes, but it works. And it also makes me as the teacher remember like, oh, this was actually really nice. Like, yeah, we had our hard days, but this was good. <laughs> Every class has definitely like those really awesome memories and the ones you want to totally forget. But the oh, end of the sure. year is always really sentimental. And I feel like the years that I've not done a good job harnessing that, I do feel kind of icky for a little while after school's over. And I could never explain that to anyone who wasn't a teacher, though. Absolutely not. And I mean, it's going to happen. Like, I I teach three classes, right? two out of three are going to be great. And there's always going to be one that's a little bit off. I mean, sometimes three out of three are great, but like, those are the odds that we're playing. And yet it's, there's still something, there's still a familiarity that I'm like, I'm going to find it and I'm going to use it to my advantage. And all that organization I've put into play, I'm going to basically guilt my students into realizing this is almost (laughs) over or just use the excitement of the year's almost over. So let's end strong kind of a thing. And it works for most groups. It does. I've seen it work in mine for sure. I also think like thinking through that last day and how you want it to feel is really important because I think a lot of us have some flexibility. I mean, maybe I'm making a huge assumption um, with final exams. I know for us, like we have this speech in my junior classes right now that they have to be completed by the end of the year, but we don't really have a final exam day requirement. Mm -hmm. So I try to make sure that there's only like one or two speeches left to give on that day. And then we do something together, like a class party of some sort or whatever. Um, Think through what you want that last day to be. I know there were years when I was younger and I did more (laughs) in the school because I didn't have other things going on. We would do, you know, (laughs) photo slideshow kinds of things and, you know, different stages of life allow you to do different kinds of things. But recently I found, I love doing an end of the year countdown with my kids. I love that for like building anticipation. Also, I think it's nice. And then I like nerded out on ours though, Marie. And so I made, so every, (laughs) I do like old school paper chains Uh and then like each piece of paper has a last line from a famous novel. So we talk about different endings as we end the year together for like the last 20 or 25 days. So like we kind of have like a literary conversation around like, so what kind of an ending is this? Is this an ending suggesting a continuation? Is this a death? Is it a murder? Or like, we just kind of have little conversations about how authors end stories and just little look at diction and syntax and just that's all they have is that one sentence. And so we just talk about endings for a little while and then I post it on the board and then we pull off another one the next day. And then that last day we read that last, last line together and we have a little discussion and like, that's how I've ended my class. And it's a really cool discussion because we also bring in the last lines of the novels that we teach. Of course, yeah. so there's Gatsby and Catcher and um, Raisin in the Sun. Raisin in the Sun, oh my God, like the last line is a stage <laughs> direction about uh-huh. Mama going back to get her plant. I always, rel- I love that day because we're discussing it at the end of the year. We read it the first thing out the gate. So we come back to it. I'm like, you guys remember Mama and her plant? right and so we talk about the ending of the play and then the ending of our year together and it is just so magical I've been over here just like grinning like a fool because that is so <laughs> awesome that's so cute so I love it 
No, it's perfectly nerdy. We're English teachers. Like, we're pretty nerdy. That's wonderful. And I'm stealing that as well. Okay, you got it. I'm going to steal all the things. <laughs> I actually have it for you guys. If you would like to, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and I'd be happy to share that with you guys. It's in my TPT store. It's just a couple bucks. It took a lot of research to put it together. But you know um, you loved every minute of it. I did love it, and it's <laughs> totally not worth your effort. Just a little side note about TBT, guys. Generally speaking, <laughs> TBT is all about you getting things you don't have to do the legwork for, and yep. you should buy things that are cool that you don't have the time to do yourself. That's what we exist for. No one's trying to rob you of your individuality or creativity. Oh, no. We're just trying to make things easier for you because we already – did the work so and anyway fun fact none work. of your students are looking on tpt to be like guess what i know where you found this <laughs> no mine are not they're like this is they great and you're like i know you're welcome yeah they can care less they're just <laughs> no. like oh this is cute and then you know five kids are like i don't care when is this over so well and another way that i like to build anticipation kind of like an end of the year countdown is like special incentives which could be super bananas, lots of um, energy that you could put into them, or they could be extremely simple, such as like whatever the criteria is, if we can all turn in our essay, you know, on time or early, everybody's going to be able to bring snacks on such and such day and we'll have a 10 minute book talk. You know what I mean? Like, like the simplest little things that students are like, oh, this is special. This is different. They will work towards. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like 2% on a final assignment because 2% on an assignment isn't going to do a whole lot. Some kids, it'll bump them up maybe from like a 78 to an 80, you know, like it's not a whole, but man, does it motivate like that's awesome what a great idea I don't go to like crazy high numbers like I'm not giving up five percent because that's like no you need the skills to earn an extra five percent but one or two percent it can really help some kids and really motivate them to do really well at the end of the year and then also even even our you know like you and me in school like those kids if I wanted to go from a 96 to a 98 percent well great my a is still an a and I st- <laughs> it motivated me to work harder <laughs> and stay on task. Yeah. I'll, every time I think of the end of the year, I, I just think of my 12th grade students. And I'm like, okay, April, May, June, how are we going to do this? And it's all of the things <laughs> that we're talking about here. Like, let's get everybody to the finish line, smiling or kind of smiling. <laughs> kind of smiling. But we, we've there. done too. I, I don't teach seniors right now, but I used to. And um, I did with them and with my sophomores. We used to do end of the year stations. Mm-hmm. And like, as like a last, it's just kind of going back to that last day of school, you know, feel and like well, how we want to spend it. And uh, station activities are great. Like I made a little photo booth in the back of my classroom. It was literally streamers. Like I just did alternating colors of our school colors. And that was the backdrop. Oh, and yeah, I'm sh- and they yeah. ate it up, and I'm sure they it was ate it up all over I told, social media. I told them to bring yeah. whatever props they wanted. Yep, that some of them, you know, some of them were totally into it. Some of them didn't care. Uh, one station, they could write cards and letters. That at another station, that. where kids were doing like a one word something or other. Um, I had one station where they were coloring, um, <laughs> and then I like forced them to actually move around and use the time and the period because that's the other thing too. You don't want to set yourself up for with class culture. I've I've had some end of the year activities and I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. Like let's have a class party. Yeah. And then like kids don't know how to spend 50 minutes together having a 
party. Well, it's different because in elementary, when you think of class party, there are parent volunteers, there are activities. activities. Yes. I know. And it is, I mean, I get it. The kids are big. Like it's, it's hard to get that stuff going and we're tired and that class party is supposed to be a break for us, quite frankly, or at least just a low stress kind of a day. But yeah, no. And unless you then throw on a movie, which just feels like a waste of time. Yeah. Right. You look at the emotional reaction and they just like sit there and then they leave like, bye. I know. Well, (laughs) at least I've taught you all year. At least if you're doing something like a class party, you're still having kids face each other and speak. You know what I mean? Like, at least we're working on very basic conversation skills and practicing the stuff that we've done. Um, But like a movie, they're just passive and nothing's happening. Yeah. If class culture is important to you, and I, and I hope that it is, I think, you know, figuring out how to capitalize on the momentum of your community all year, like you're saying, Absolutely. Marie, that's key. Like, because then it's not just an, a last day thing. It's a all the days building up to the last day kind yep. of thing. I think a, doing a countdown or something special with them that there that creates that unity and the feel of culture amongst each other. That's huge. Incentives are fun because they're working together mm-hmm. to get to them. I think anything you guys can do to just build class culture will help classroom management because kids are feeling they're happy to be in your room for these last couple of days, these last couple of weeks, it's going to make the managing of their craziness a lot more tolerable and enjoyable, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's really enjoyable. Our our last, our last uh, tip that we have. So we've got organization and communication be on top of all of the things we've got class culture monopolize or no capitalize on all the things you can capitalize upon. And then so fun assignments and grading, which we kind of touched on talking about setting up your self for success with a calendar that looks at grading. But like, I know you've got a really good tip for like specifically. Yes. Or, or for, for assigning assignments that are like graded in a specific way. My tip when it comes to assignments and grading is whatever kind of an assignment you're going to give from once again, it's pretty much from like end of spring break on. I give more rubrics and more grading criteria than students could ever want or need. Simply so that when they have questions about things and like, like the most detailed rubrics, <laughs> like, well, what do you want to earn? Okay, look at that column. You know, like just super to the point, exactly what you need, kids, so that they know exactly what they are looking to achieve and how to achieve those. I mean, quite frankly, this is best practices for throughout the year, but I get like really anal retentive about it for the end of the year so that I don't have to answer as many questions or if they do have questions, I can point right to it and they can remember what the answer is. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) It's, well, it's huge because what we're trying to share with you guys is like, when you're looking down the barrel of the last two weeks, you don't want to be scrambling Mm -hmm. looking for, Oh my gosh, what was the rubric for this thing? And what am I doing the grade? And Oh my gosh, I found the rubric, but it's like three years old and I shouldn't have been using it. And it was from an old assignment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you don't want to be dealing with it at the end. You want to deal with it now. This is it's April right now. You guys are listening to us now in the end of April, like make some decisions look through the Google drives you've been given or whatever, whatever situation you might be, figure out your rubrics exactly like Maria is saying and make them clear, 
get them to the kids, get them in their hands. If you're looking at an end of the year, this is kind of like my, my advice is if you have a end of the year, that's not prescribed for you, or you're not working on a team where the curriculum is kind of, you know, dictating exactly what you have to do. Um, I'd say your best bet is to plan a series or even just one graded discussion. A graded discussion for me is just the most amazing way to end the year because like you said, Marie, earlier in class culture, everyone's facing each other. Um, I love Socratic seminar style. I'm currently using a platform called Parlay. This oh, yeah. is not an ad. <laughs> I just found it randomly. I don't even know where. It just popped up in my Instagram, probably. Um, and it's cool. It's just like, it's just a tool that helps you with technology organize who's talking when. And there's some online features that are kind of cool to make sure everyone's involved. But sitting kids in a circle for whatever kind of discussion you like the best and posing the questions you've been asking all year and then asking kids to talk about the answers in terms of the things you've read, the things you've discussed, the things that have the current events, things that have happened that year, um, let kids sit and digest an entire year's worth of learning. And I usually build in two or three work days with specific deadlines <laughs> and uh, tasks. And then they sit and they talk and they're like, yeah, remember that one time when, you know, Gatsby and blah, blah, blah. And then Daisy got drunk. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, well, not really. It was her wedding. So like, it's, it's a great way to blend the class culture with, this sense of, okay, these kids have synthesized a lot of things that they've learned, or they remembered a couple of things. Maybe they didn't synthesize them, but maybe they can demonstrate what they've remembered. And it's a nice, you grade those on the spot, baby. Mm -hmm. You listen, take notes and you grade do to do like there's no take home work that day. And it's a freaking rich assessment. Oh, absolutely. You get a lot of bang for your buck. Absolutely. Well, and like in the prep days, they're doing some writing, they're going back, they're researching, oh, they're yeah. doing all of that good stuff. They're, they are practicing oh, yeah. nearly all of the skills that you have gone over throughout the year because they have to access all of that knowledge and all of that learning that has happened and then be able to bring it up and discuss it in an original and thoughtful way because everybody's understanding of these things is going to be individual. I, I that's such a good idea. I'm stealing everything from you. Oh this my God. Well, I'm stealing, I'm going to totally do some incentives, but oh, to add awesome. a little, little cherry on top. The last thing I do in a discussion though, is I pull down that last countdown banner. Oh, and that's what I read. Knife right? in so, heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this ending as like the surprise. Like, well, so they kind of know what's coming because we've been doing right. it for two days. But then we talk about the last line. So it's pretty cool. That's super cool. Um, you know, it's just you guys need to know, like, you can take control of how you want the end of the year to look absolutely. rather than the end of the year controlling you. Yeah. If you don't want to feel like a crazy mess by the last couple of weeks of school. <laughs> you don't have to. And like, it, I think it took both of us longer than it should have to really not figure that out, but like get that. Like just, I got it. Like I understood. I had it figured out, but I just didn't like live it yet <laughs> until a little bit more recently than I care to admit. Oh yeah. yeah. No, we're not admitting anything. Nothing. We're admitting nothing. <laughs> Um, so hopefully these big areas of focus, organization, communication, class culture, assignments and grading um, are tangible enough that they give you guys, our listeners, something to like bite onto. Even if you just really focus in on one of these areas, think of 
how much will be lifted off of your shoulders, especially at the end of the year. Kids get weird. We get weird. It gets hot. Like it's a whole thing, you know, and it's exciting. (laughs) The end of the year is coming. I'm getting excited because even though I think you get out, you get out what? End of May, right? Oh my God. We're out May 21st. Thank the Lord. I cannot wait. I'm out June 11th. (laughs) I won't tell you when we start in August because it's criminal. But Yeah, yeah, we start later in August, I'm sure. But I'm already starting to feel that like, okay, let's go. We can do this. Um, Speaking of things coming to an end, it's just about time for us to wrap up this episode. But I do have a question for you. Amanda, what are you obsessed with right now? You know what? I was thinking about this like all day because I wanted to have an amazing answer. And I actually didn't have to think as hard as I thought I was going to have to. Is that a sentence? That worked for Um, me. I am so obsessed right now with succulents. And I know that's like a totally (laughs) basic thing to answer, but I don't mean like the cute cactus, like little ones. Like I recently went to, um, so you guys know, well, sort of know, I live like right on the Illinois, Wisconsin border. So Milwaukee is like just as close to us as Chicago. So we're right in the middle. And so Milwaukee, there's this adorable botanical garden. It's like three boobs coming out of the ground. Like, like they have nips, you guys. And, but they're like (laughs) domes. They're called the domes. And like each of them is a different tropical or like one's tropical, one's desert and one's, I don't know, something else. But I, I found myself holding Sochi, my daughter, and we were just admiring this plant. I was like, this is so gorgeous. I, I want one. And it was a jade plant. And oh, so yeah, all of my those research, are pretty. I was like, I, well, and it was flowering. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a little bit of a plant lady. My mom is way more than I am. But now that we have a house, oh, yeah. I'm definitely feeling the green thumb push a little harder. So the, this plant I found, I was doing my research. I found it on Amazon. I bought my jade plant, like root and all, on Amazon, and it was only like 20 bucks, and it's like a small tree, and it's doing great. But I am obsessed with that particular succulent. That is so random and funny. I like it. Okay, so Marie, what are you obsessed with right now? Because mine was kind of ridiculous. Well, mine's super nerdy. So I am obsessed with this book. Some of you may have heard of the predecessor to this book, called How to Read Literature Like a Professor. I love it. It's by Thomas C. Foster. Um, And I am currently holding and obsessed with his other book, newer book. I don't actually know how new it is, but it's new to me. How to Read Novels Like a Professor. It's, and then furthermore, a jaunty exploration of the world's favorite literary form. Jaunty? Jaunty. On the cover, it says jaunty. Like, (laughs) come on. I'm all in. You had me at hello. So, like, I don't know that just yet because it's late enough in the year that, like, I'm not really rethinking a whole lot of my curriculum. But the further that I get into summer break and I start kind of reworking some things in a few months, I think I will be using some of the things in here. Just because, like, just the way that he references a lot of literature that are uh, some of our students are going to know some of this stuff and some of them are not, but it's, it's in a way that familiarizes you with Don Quixote and then like uses it as an example to explain, you know, a form of novel. Um, I really like it. And it's just, oh. I'm nerding, I'm nerding out real hard and I love it, but not in a succulent way in more of like wow. a jaunty way. Listen, I <laughs> was inspired by succulents in a giant boob. So in a giant triple boob. 
I want, I'm going to, in the show notes, I am going to link <laughs> the, whatever it's called. I forgot Mitchell, Mitchell, the Mitchell domes. I think it's called. It's right by the brewers. Oh my God. I am not a Milwaukeean as you can hear. I love going there, but I don't have any of this on the tip of my tongue. I am. I grew up closer to Chicago. So anyway, I believe Chicago you. does not have giant boobs. You could have had me fold. <sighs> well, I'm going to say. Idea. Chicago has a beautiful botanical garden, but it's not indoor. So I couldn't go there over winter break. There you have it. Well, my friends, I think it is time for us to wrap up this episode. We went a little long, but it's okay because the end of the year, classroom management for the end of the year, that's worth it. You know, it's a big topic. It it bears really good. You should give us a rating about how good this episode was. It bears diving in. Yes, please take a moment when you are done listening to this episode, when you have pulled over your car, if you're driving right now, safety first, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. We so appreciate it. It will help other people just like you find and love this podcast. And yeah, I think this is where we bid you adieu. All right, brave new teachers, don't forget to head over to our website. We are currently putting together some freebies and giveaways for you for joining our email list and contests and all kinds of things are always going on at the website, which is www.bravenewteaching.com and also on our Instagram at Brave New Teaching. So please come see what we're up to at the moment. Things are always in the works and we love to have you guys on board for all the social community things that we are doing over here. Absolutely. And until we meet again, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time.